gentlemen. You know, I always like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. That's the truth. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 54 of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, and it don't stop, ladies and gentlemen. One man crew about to go down. You know where to find me. You can find me iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, all of the links. And you, if you don't know where to find me, you, if you don't know the links, Follow me on Twitter. You'll see every single thing. Follow me at 2SweetPOD. That's the number 2SweetPOD and at OMG Corey B. So I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to hop right on into this thing. I'm not going to wait. We're going to start with best things, funniest thing. Also, this is an Elimination Chamber preview and picks podcast. And I got three topics that I just couldn't ignore this week. But we're going to start first with best thing, funniest thing I did this last week. And I want to do it this week because I love it. Funniest thing I've seen all week was Biggie. <laughs> okay, the New Day is coming down the ringside. They're going to decide you know, who's going to be in the gauntlet match. And Big E is coming down the ringside with a big slab of meat. And he's walking his way down the ringside, hunting Daniel Brown with it. I think it was a salami, a big old slab of meat that Big E has. He's hunting Daniel Brown. He's dancing his way down the ringside. Big E was hilarious this week. The best thing I've seen all week was Kobe King Stun. Yes, the guy can go, ladies and gentlemen. Like, we just had to be reminded of that, that this guy is legitimate, man. The guy can really go in the ring. All three guys of the New Day, it's crazy. Like, the personality overshadows the ring work because the guys, all three guys, uh, Creed, Kofi, and Big E, they can really go in the ring. And Kofi Kingston just proved it in this gauntlet match, went over 50 minutes in the gauntlet match. It was a tremendous sighting. On Twitter, I posted that, this is before Mustafa Ali got hurt, I said that Mustafa Ali needs a Seth Rollins type run to establish himself. And once he got hurt, I said that, you know what, whichever member of the New Day comes to this match, they need that Seth Rollins type run. And Kofi Kingston got that Seth Rollins-esque run plus more. And it was just a phenomenal sighting. He did a tremendous job. So, we're going to hop right on into the topics. We got three topics. And then we're going to hop right on into the elimination portion of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. First up, I couldn't start with anything else. It just took, it just captivated the Twitter wrestling world. Charlotte Flair and uh, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey. Becky Lynch suspended by Vince McMahon and... I am worried about the crowd reaction. I am here to say that I'm worried that the crowd, I think the crowd is going to crap on this portion, the Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey portion of this storyline. I think the crowd is going to crap on it when those two get into the center of the ring. And that is not a reaction that I want to see. I'm about to get right on into this. Look, Charlotte Flair is a heel. And that is a phenomenal thing, first off. Heel Charlotte Flair is best. She is just like her father. Ric Flair sucked as a face. And Charlotte does too. 
they are best when they are heels, when they are devaluing the crowd, going at the crowd, talking about how they are the best. And Charlotte does great at that. But when you have a Ronda Rousey on the other side that the fans are less than enthusiastic about, I think that's, I'm being nice with that. In general, they're less than enthusiastic about Ronda Rousey. We even, I mean, they booed out of the building when she tried to cut the promo that the first night that Becky Lynch, excuse me, came around. I think that was the night after Royal Rumble. I mean, the crowd would just let her have it. So the crowd is less than enthusiastic about Ronda Rousey. And I look at this and I say that, look, I'm the one kind of stepping out on the ledge here because this very much reminds me of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar last year. Uh, Roman Reigns cut that phenomenal promo and it was arguably the best promo of his career about Brock Lesnar. And the first thing I said was great promo. But this is a dangerous road to go down. You don't want the fans crapping on the storyline. And sure enough, that's where we were. fans start crapping on it. And I was like, well, see, told you. And here I am again. You know, it's great that Charlotte is a heel. Don't get me wrong. And I understand that it's a story that Becky Lynch will eventually get back into. But I don't want to go through several weeks of the fans crapping on the storyline. I don't want to go through several weeks of fans when Charlotte is trying to get a promo out, when Ronda is trying to get a promo out. I don't want to go through several weeks of, we want Becky. We want Becky. Look, I don't want to go through that. And it is a possibility that the crowd will crap on the storyline and I want to see a legible storyline. I want to get taken on that ride. We cannot get taken on a good ride if the fans are dead set on crapping on the match. Because when you look at it, we have a heel. And Ronda Rousey is not exactly a heel, but the fans are like, eh, meh about Ronda Rousey. So you get some mild cheers here and there. So what do you think if we have two wrestlers that the crowd doesn't really like? What do you think they're going to do? Normally, they you're setting it up for them to boo them. Like if this was like the 90s, the crowd would just boo them. And we live in the age of 2019 where the crowd is just going to crap on the match or just going to crap on a situation when you get a Becky Lynch that's out of the storyline at the moment. The crowd is just going to crap on a situation. I would like to be wrong about that. I would love to be wrong about that because I want to get taken down a good pathway uh, on the road to WrestleMania, but I think the crowd is going to crap on the match. So, I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter this week, and people were talking about, well, Shawn Michaels got pigeonholed into the Triple H versus Chris Benoit match, and I understand your point, but we were never at a point, and whenever that match took place, I think it was 2004, it was definitely WrestleMania 20. I'm trying to remember what year it was. But it was definitely WrestleMania 20. Uh, we were never at a point to where Triple H versus Benoit was a, by far and away the most captivating match on the card. It was 
leaps and bounds ahead of everything else on WrestleMania. It was the top, it was the greatest story. It might have been the top story, but it was the greatest story. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that to the point where Triple H versus Benoit was greater than the story of Triple H versus Benoit versus Shawn Michaels. Once Shawn Michaels got pigeonholed into the match, it was like, okay, I can rock with that because the triple threat is greater than the story that is Triple H versus Chris Benoit. What we have here and why you cannot compare the two situations is because the story that is Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch far outweighs the story that is Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. This, if you want to compare it to something, compare it to the time at the WrestleMania where it should have been Triple H versus The Rock. And what we got was a McMahon in every corner. I think it was Triple H versus The Rock versus Mankind versus The Big Show when it should have been Triple H versus The Rock. That, if you want to compare it to something, it doesn't compare that 100% to it. But if you want to compare it to something, I think that's as close as you can compare it to. Not the triple threat that we got at WrestleMania 20 because I would have rather have seen Triple H versus Benoit versus Shawn Michaels than I would have rather seen Triple H versus Chris Benoit. So that's my opinion on it. I think the crowd is going to crap on the match. And look, man, the only way I see Ronda Rousey getting cheers here is if, if she craps on the match herself, to which, I mean, what's the point here? Why You don't want to devalue the match. The only way Ronda can get some kind of cheers is if, if she says, this match is crap, it's not going to main event. She already said it on Twitter. And Becky Lynch should be in the main event. Of course, the crowd is going to pop for that. So, I mean, we'll see as we go down this road. We had a simple road, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. The crowd was for it. We were, you were getting hella pops from the crowd. And I don't understand why we're going down this road. Sure, Charlotte is going to be in it. So it is what it is. We'll see how it all turns out from here. The next topic we have is AEW All Elite Wrestling. And man, I got to tell you that the sellout, 26 minutes and four minutes. Pre-sale, double nothing sells out in 26 minutes. It also sells out in four minutes. The, the real sale sells out in four minutes. And man, this is just incredible. The MGM Grand, we're talking big time here. And it is an incredible accomplishment. I got to hand it to Cody Rhodes. I got to hand it to the Young Bucks. got to hand it to everybody involved with All Elite Wrestling. They do not even have a full card yet. And the thing is sold out. The MGM Grand. At this point, they need to look at getting a bigger venue because there was a report from Dave Meltzer that 40,000, over 40,000 people were trying to get tickets for this event. Now, whether you want to believe that or not, it's on you, but it cannot be argued that there were a lot of people that got left out. So a bigger venue is in order here for the next pay-per-view. And this is the first steps toward All Elite Wrestling being legit competition. Now, what is legit competition? What is the definition of legit competition? Is it when WCW was beating Raw for 84 weeks and had them on the brink of extinction? Not really. I think legit competition is being a legit alternative. Um, having a time slot 
and being able to travel and get big numbers. And All Elite Wrestling is doing that. We'll see about the TV deal. I'll talk about that. But the sellout is tremendous, and it is an incredible accomplishment. And we are on the road to double or nothing. Something big is going to happen. I can feel it in my bones. Something big is going to happen, and I cannot wait for it. The All Elite Wrestling TV deal. It is slated. This report came from Wrestle Talk TV. It is slated for October, reportedly slated for October. And this is when SmackDown goes to Fox. They are aiming for Tuesday nights. And I got to tell you, if they get big arenas, if they get a big TV deal, Turner was rumored around. So TNT possibly, I would love that. I would love it. If they get that, they're going to get big ratings. Because they're going to fill that Tuesday time slot. Wrestling fans like me are going to have a Tuesday void. So what do you think we're going to do when All Elite comes on on Tuesdays, if that's the case? Not watch it? We're going to watch it, and they're going to get big ratings. I cannot wait for this. It is an exciting time in wrestling, and I cannot wait because it's going to go down. Something big is going to go down. So we're going to move to the Elimination Chamber. Preview and prediction show. There are a couple of matches that I'm interested in. But there are some matches that I'm like, why is this here? We're going to get right on into it. I'm not going to waste any more time. We have the Cruiserweight Championship on the line. Akira Tozawa versus Buddy Murphy. And I got to say, my biggest, uh, my biggest worry here is that this gets shoved on the pre-show. And I'm hoping that it doesn't get shoved on the pre-show. I'm hoping that they put it on the main show because every time the Cruiserweights get on the main show, they knock it out of the park. Home run hit. And, I mean, we have Akira Tozawa here. He's buddied up with Brian Kendrick. Excuse me, the Brian Kendrick. And he won the Fatal 4 way to get into this match. So, what we have here is two wrestlers that can really go. I'm looking forward to this match. It's going to be an exciting match. The crowd is going to love it. But at the end of the day, who wins here? I gotta say, the reign of terror will continue. Buddy Murphy will retain his cruiserweight championship here. So moving on, we have, I told you that was matches I'm not interested in. Brad Strowman versus Billy Corbin? What are we doing here? Why are we here? Like, what are we doing? Why is this match even on the card? They couldn't find something better to do for Braun Strowman? Like, we couldn't put some other match on this card? Like, it's going to be a no disqualification match. It's going to be Braun Strowman versus Barry Corbin. I have no interest in this whatsoever. And I think nobody else in the wrestling world has no interest in this whatsoever. we just seen it. Like, we can't move on. And you know what? Moving on is a good idea because Braun Strowman is going to get the win here and we're going to move on into the next matches on the card. We have Bobby Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush versus Finn Balor in a two-on-one handicap match for the Intercontinental Championship and we couldn't just let Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor go and 
go at it. Let it be a one-on-one -on -one match. I think this could have been a phenomenal match. It still could be a phenomenal match for all I know. But I'm not feeling the handicap rule here or the handicap stipulation here. Because Bobby Lashley works best when he works with a smaller wrestler. That was his time in Impact. He worked uh, phenomenally with smaller wrestlers. He can go with big guys as well. But the dynamic of Bobby Lashley, who can really fly around the ring. He's the new age big guy. Can fly around the ring. so he And he has the power, brute power of a super, he super heavyweight. Excuse me. So he works well with smaller guys. I would have rather seen this being a one-on-one -on -one match because both of these guys can go. I've not been very interested in the storyline, to be quite honest with you. But looking at the match of the Elimination Chamber, I just hope it's not too extra. We got the handicap rule. Sometimes, most times, the majority of times, having a handicap match really takes away from what could have been a great singles match. So at the end of the day, your winner will be Bobby Lashley. He will retain Intercontinental Championship as I take a drink of water right here. It is really tough being one man on a one-man podcast, but got to do what you got to do. Next up, we have the SmackDown Tag Titles on the line. The Miz and Shane McMahon versus The Usos. And I got to say... I have no interest in the Miz and Shane McMahon as tag team champions. But I gotta make an admittance. That promo on the go-home show of SmackDown, this recent show on SmackDown with Miz, Shane McMahon, and the Usos, it was fairly decent, I gotta say. It was decent enough. You know, I thought Shane was kind of, eh, kind of corny. But it got me interested into the match. The Usos went at the Miz and Shane McMahon. The Miz and Shane McMahon came back and went at them. And we they got face-to-face. -face. Titles got thrown up in the air. So I, I kind of got interested in the match. And I'm feeling it. So I think it's actually going to be a good match. The Usos can carry Shane McMahon. Uh, the Miz doesn't need any carrying. So I think it's going to be a fantastic match. The only downside to all of this... Is that the Miz and Shane McMahon are gonna win again? You know, I, the, the stand tall at the end of the go home show uh, narrative is kind of overrated to me, but the Usos did stand tall on the final SmackDown. But at the end of the day, I had the Miz and Shane McMahon winning regardless. It's just that those super kicks on SmackDown just kind of uh, guarantee it for me. In that case, next up, speaking of matches that I have no interest in, and speaking of matches that WWE has no interest in, Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot. Like, I talked about this on Tuesday. I was talking about Monday Night Raw, and it's on YouTube, by the way. And I just bursted out laughing. <laughs> like, I, am I supposed to take this seriously? Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross was in a match, and they completely cut from that match and went to the backstage area to cut to Ronda Rousey talking to Becky Lynch. Like, I, I'm not supposed to take Ruby Riot seriously, and I'm not going to take her seriously. This is going to be, it should, I don't want it to be a squash match, but Ronda Rousey is going to run through Ruby Riot. Maybe it's a better match than I think it will be. Then, and I would be satisfied with that. I would love to be wrong about that. 
because Ruby Riot can actually go in the ring. She's a talented worker and she's a talented wrestler. I enjoy her work in the ring. I, in my opinion, she is the best part of the Riot Squad, the best worker of the Riot Squad. And she can have a phenomenal match with Ronda Rousey, but at the end of the day, your winner, Ronda Rousey, she's gonna tap Ruby Riot out. There is no question to that whatsoever. So, next up we have the women's tag team titles on the line. And this has been very interesting as to how we got here. Uh, the Raw side of women had to earn their way in and most of the SmackDown side declared their way into the women's tag title matches. And I didn't like that. I thought that was pretty stupid. But at the end of the day, the thing that I didn't like the most was the build on the go on the recent Raw and the recent SmackDown, the build of these matches. Like we had three-way matches, and the premise of the match was if you lose. You enter first. Like, that was so dumb. We had people dropping down from ringside. We had the Iconics dropping down from ringside. We had the Boston Hood Connection dropping down from ringside. Like, it was just simple enough to say, if you win, you go in last. That's all you had to do. That made a whole lot more sense than if you lose, you go first. Because we got people entering the match at the standpoint of if you win you get nothing so why would you enter the match in the first place why not just drop down and go to the locker room i didn't understand that whatsoever but at the end of the day i just really hope that these ladies don't hurt each other like i get worried for sasha banks because these big matches and they've refined the elimination chamber back from what it was that horrific, dangerous match when it, the Elimination Chamber first came around, the chains and like the chain floor, they put padding on it, so they've made it a little bit more safer than it actually was, but I root for the hope that these ladies and that something bad doesn't happen here. Uh, as for your winner, as in these cases, I go by process of elimination, so when it comes down to it, I don't think Naomi and Carmella is winning here. I don't think they have a shot to win here. Anaya Jax and Tamina, I don't have them winning here. I don't feel as though they are a legitimate competitor here. I don't have the Riot Squad winning here. Who else do we have? I think it comes down to two legitimate teams, and I'm about to get there. I don't think Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville is going to win here. The two legitimate teams that I look at and I'm like, okay, I think they would choose them as the winners are the Iconics and Bailey and Sasha Banks, the Boston Hug Connection. I would personally love it if a legitimate True Blue debuted as a tag team won here. And that would be the Iconics, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. They really deserve something because I cannot point to a significant victory for the Iconics, a significant moment for the Iconics outside of beating down, who, who was it, Charlotte Flair when Carmella cashed in way back when after SummerSlam, I think it was. That's the only significant moment I can think of for the Iconics. So a win here would be fantastic. I would love it. But at the end of the day, 
And this is not a bad thing because they've built them up as a tag team. It's just that I would like to see the Iconics win more. Bailey and Sasha will be your first ever tag team champions, women's tag team champions in WWE. Because this is not the first time that the company has had women's tag team champions. But they will win and they will be a phenomenal tag team. We'll see how the tag team division goes from here on out. Last up, we have the men's elimination chamber, six-man elimination chamber. The new Daniel Bryan with the finished title versus AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe versus Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston. I really enjoyed the build to this match. We've gone from Triple H, uh, Daniel Bryan thinking that Triple H trying to screw him over. This is unfair. To a standpoint to where all six men have gotten their time throughout this build, except for Kofi Kingston. Well, he actually got his time outside, just mentioned on the last show. So all six men have gotten their time on the mic. Remember Samoa Joe coming down and blasting everybody on the mic? I just love that. We got a phenomenal brawl after that when Samoa Joe blasted everybody. So everybody's had their viewpoint. Everybody's had their time on the mic. We got Randy Orton winning the six-man a gauntlet match with an RKO. It wasn't out of nowhere because I was just sitting at the TV. I was like, okay, come on, Randy Orton. Come from behind and get the RKO. So he won that match. Everybody's had their shine in this match. So, and AJ Styles has been in the main event for like forever now. And Daniel Bryan's champion. So everybody's had something in this build. As for your winner of the match, I think it's going to be a phenomenal match. As for the winner of the match, process of elimination here Samoa Joe is not winning here for as much as I would love 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 to see that happen Samoa Joe is not winning here Kofi Kingston is not winning here you want to talk about moments that would bring me to near tears have Kofi Kingston win that match and see a grown man cry in me to see Kofi Kingston win a title see a brother win a title the WWE title would nearly bring me to tears but I don't unfortunately I don't think it's gonna happen here I don't think Jeff Hardy is gonna win here I think Daniel Bryan AJ Styles and Randy Orton those are your three legitimate competitors that could win the match here and out of those three I am gonna have to go with Daniel Bryan to win here he just debuted the title uh, AJ Styles, I don't think they're going to go back to him because his contract is coming up. They haven't really settled that yet. And I don't really, I don't see the benefit of putting the title on Randy Orton. Other than, I can see Vince doing it. That's why I have Randy Orton as a legitimate competitor. I can very much see Vince going with Randy Orton here. But Daniel Bryan will win. And he will retain the heavy wood title of the world, the hemp title, the tree title, the wood, the heavy wood championship of the world, the heavy wood title, all of that. Daniel Bryan will retain it at elimination at the elimination chamber. The new Daniel Bryan will retain. So that is my podcast. That is my preview and predictions for elimination chamber. Let me know your thoughts, all of your thoughts in the YouTube comments. I will respond or on Twitter at two sweets POD. That's the number two sweets POD or at OMG Corey B. Let me know all your thoughts on Twitter.